Welcome to this week's episode of the Thinking Big Podcast. Today is part two of a two-part series on discover what a near-death experience taught me about sales, success, and getting business to come to you with Jeff Buhner. And if you missed part one, just go back and listen to that one as well. Jeff has always known that he had an obligation to share this gift with as many people as possible before he retires, and he has now made it a personal mission to share these secrets as far as he possibly can. 28 years ago, Jeff came across the writings of the richest man to ever walk the earth, Sultan Musa of Mali. No one has ever come close to this guy. Not Jeff Bezos, not Elon Musk, nobody. The Sultan could not talk openly about how he learned these secrets, so he decided to embed the principles of his success into a fairy tale so compelling that centuries later, nearly everybody, including you, everybody in this world is familiar with. Jeff went from $60,000 a year concrete guy to making hundreds of thousands of dollars a month in a new business that just dropped into his lap. Over the past 28 years, Jeff has successfully mentored and coached countless of others to speak this all-important language that changes everything. When you learn to speak this language, you can drastically improve your sales, your success, your fitness, relationships, and anything else you desire. It's all contained within Jeff's book, The Sultan's Seven Secrets. So today, we're thinking big on the language of the gods. Welcome to the Thinking Big Podcast with Sean Osborne, the show helping you think bigger into your life and potential. Sean believes by equipping you with the tools, strategies, and philosophies required to be successful in all aspects of your life, you can achieve anything you believe in. Empowering our own growth makes a deeply positive and lasting impact on our lives, community, and our world. Now, here's Sean. And you you talked about, and the way I think about some of that is, you know, you hear people that say, fake it until you make it. And I don't believe in faking it till you make it. I believe in acting as if, because, and I tell my, I tell, exactly. I tell people that I talk with, don't fake it. Act as if it's already happened. Act as if, because to me, that's what kicks in the feelings of actually being there. That's what actually kicks in the, 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 right, the real yes. programming. You're right on. Uh, I'm going to give you an example just for fun, because you are so dead on that this will support what you just said. Your superpower is the ability to imagine and pretend. So let's say you're a crappy driver and you know it. You go out on the road, you get so mad, you're a road warrior, you've had you know fights on the side of the road in front of your wife and kids and you're just so embarrassed later and they're embarrassed and nobody likes driving with you anymore and you decide I'm going to be a better driver. I'm just going to get this under control. So if you use your superpower, and this is how you've learned everything, so you pick someone like, you know what, Grandpa? Grandpa is a great driver. He never has altercations. He never would. He's so kind. And and it seems like people don't even mess with him the way they mess with me. So I'm going to pretend to be Grandpa for five minutes while I go to the store. And then I'm going to try to do it on the way home too. Just five minutes at a time. I'm going to be grandpa. And this is not a foreign concept to us. We, I mean, I can bring up example after example of how you turned into you by just observing and pretending and imitating and imagining all of that together. So you find that you can do it. 
your subconscious mind stores all your memories and experience, and it knows exactly what you mean when you think of grandpa. And it speaks to you in feelings, so it will feed you the exact feelings that you should have. If you're going to be grandpa, this is how you should feel about it. And you'll find that when someone tries to get in, instead of speeding up, you feel like grandpa. So you do what he would do. You can pretend to be grandpa. You back up. You wave. You let him in. Then they wave at you, you know, in the rearview mirror. And, and you can do this for five minutes, and you get to the store, and you think, wow. Nobody messed with me. I didn't have any altercations. Uh, instead of trying to squeeze in, because I know people are going to you know, hit the gas if I try to come over in that lane, I put on my blinker and waited patiently. And not the first car, but the second car waved me in, slowed down. Wow. Well, here's the thing, Sean. If you string together two days of that, then a week, then a month, maybe two months, and then a year of pretending to be a good driver, at some point you're not pretending anymore. You just are a good driver. But it's that pretending that changes the way you feel about it. Then uh, people respond differently to you. That creates different feelings that support this new role that you want to play. You like it better. And it's all about feelings. You just have to learn to man it, be like a master manager of your feelings. Once you really get into this, delve into it, uh, you just do not allow yourself to feel bad anymore. You know, let's like I tell people the three magic words when something happens in the physical realm that could draw me back into bad feelings. It's just I don't care. I don't care what's happening over there. I'm living in my spirit realm, and uh, it, it's documented. You know, that spirit realm, I started out with a great big dream board of all these things I wanted and didn't have, but just pretended, like you were talking about, that that was my life. And kind of lost grip of reality in a way, but it's it, not true because you do better at, you know, going through the motions of your physical life when you're feeling, you know, full of dreams and excitement and you just, you're resourceful. And so you do better even when you have problems. But as you do that, the spirit, you know, I mean, just keep this formula in mind. You're feeling good, even though you have physical problems over here, you're ignoring them. I mean, not like you don't pay your bills, but I mean, like you don't let them get you down. You just stay in this beautiful dream world. You feel good. You're flooding your subconscious mind with those feelings. It believes them. And then it goes to work orchestrating events, situations, circumstances that match the feelings you're sending it. So within years, I had everything on my dream board. I was already enjoying it and loving all that stuff, but I had it in the physical realm. There's kind of a good story about how I got my Belize property that illustrates that. If we have time, I'll, I'll tell it. But what's, what questions do you have up to now? Do you have any questions? Because you're right on. It's not fake it till you make it. Yeah. It's pretend to be what yeah. you want to be and feel a portion of what it's going to be like when you actually 
are that or have. And that. what's funny is the, the the whole concept that you had about the about driving and becoming a better driver. So thinking big, uh, the big actually stands for beliefs, imagination, and growth. And it's what you said. It's a, it's a success loop. Here's here's my current belief. Oh, I love here's that. my here's what I can imagine and I can feel it could be, which leads into growth, which then is now my new belief. I'm at the now. Now this is my belief. Now I can imagine even higher growth, and it's just a big, yeah. uh, big uh, success loop. loop. And one one That's of the right. things I take uh, some of some of my my uh, clients through is what I call remembering your future, and it ties into exactly what you're saying because it's not. I don't. You know, you can have a dream board and you can have these things, but what I want people to do is I want them to actually make a memory of that future point, what it smelled like, what it felt like, who you were with, what was going on, what did the sand on your feet feel like, and actually build a memory because a memory is feelings and and build that into you and embed that into you. Yeah, I think that's so important. John, it's so funny because you're like talking right out of that second manuscript right now. Wow. Your subconscious mind doesn't differentiate much between feelings that are generated because of reality or feelings that were generated just in your imagination. And so when you have an incredible imaginary scenario running and it makes you feel really great, well, you know the scenario isn't real, but what about the feelings you created? Are those real? Yeah. Absolutely. And your subconscious mind is hearing them. And it believes every one of your feelings. It doesn't doubt a feeling. So successful people like you, you're already doing the seven secrets. Kind of uh, intuitively, and a lot of people know, you know, God, it'd be way better if I was a lot more positive and thought big and dreamed big and had plans, you know. But they get derailed because there's this constant conflict going on between the physical world mm-hmm. and your psyche, your spirit world. And the physical world is negative. It's always tapping you on the shoulder saying, well, I don't see how you're going to do that. You know, and, and did you remember that you're not very good at getting up in front of people? And so, and by the way, someone just hit your car and dented in your door and drove off. So it's always trying to get you to feel bad. Well, as soon as you, buy into that, you start feeling bad, your subconscious mind is not a passionate entity that cares how you feel. It's simply a mechanism that can be programmed. And it will, whatever program is running based on your predominant feelings, what you're telling it, that's what's going to happen. So when you take charge of this and you have people who like, you know, Michael Jordan, you think of him, He had such a dream of him being the best basketball player in the world. And even when he wasn't yet, he was in his own mind and nothing was going to stop him. And of course, then that's what happened. Well, you can have people because this hasn't been codified. He wasn't sure what he was doing. He just, you know, doing it instinctively. You can have people who are highly successful in one area of life and then absolute failures at another, even though that aspect is important to them. Yeah. Because they're not sure. They can't put it, their thumb on it. They can't put it down on paper and say, oh, this is exactly what I'm doing to achieve my success. Uh, but they don't can't relate it to, well, what do I do, you know, to have a better relationship with my wife yeah. or my kids? Or how can I be, you know, just to... But 
when you read this book, The Sultan's Seven Secrets, it's codified. I mean, you're going to be so clear on if there's something going on I don't like, and you can know exactly what your subconscious mind believes about anything. Take your social life. You think about your social life, your subconscious mind will immediately send you impulses about the people you know, how many friends yeah. you have, how people treat you. Well, that is exactly what it believes. And that's how it's going to stay. You might wish you have a better social life, but until it changes how, what it believes about your social yeah. life, it's going to stay. You won't even see it. <laughs> you you won't even realize it's out there until you right. until you change. And you know, one of the things you said that right. that's actually what got me into doing what I'm doing now. Uh, when I was 15, I was on the streets. I was on my own. I had been kicked out of right. ninth grade, and literally by the time so this is when I was 15, and by the time I was 30. I had sold my first company, high-tech company, for multiple millions of dollars. And wow. even at that time, so I'd done that, and it was like I still felt like uh, that was just luck. Uh, I didn't know right. how I had done that. I didn't know how I had achieved that, and that's really what got me into it. It's like, okay, there wasn't – it wasn't by luck. It wasn't by – so what, what did I do back then that allowed me to change – who I was to become someone else, and that's that is a hundred percent what drove me into doing doing what I'm doing. And you know, you look at people. You know, it's like the lady that gave you the manuscript. Uh, all of these people, you know, Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich, or the the Secret. Successful people leave us clues all the time. They teach. They are so yeah. willing to teach us how to do things. And we, again, in our closed off world, in our conscious mind, we don't see it. We don't, it doesn't register until we're ready. Right. Real, real creation, real power, knowing how to do something usually leads to benevolence. You want to help other people. Yeah. You look around and and sometimes we think, well, then why are, you know, these filthy rich people sort of like, you can point to examples of they won't tell you anything. They won't help at all, you know, but that wasn't great, great, great grandpa who made the fortune. That guy probably would have brought you under his wing. If you'd have sat down with him, he'd have told you, Hey, do this, do yeah. that. Make sure that you're thinking positive and big. But I wanted to come back to something that we, we brushed on and I, I, it was kind of fleeting. So I'm trying to get it back, but, this concept of benevolence uh, and how Sultan Musa Mali, he could have just enjoyed what he had. and But he put so much effort into trying to get the word out to everybody else. And that's what I felt when I thought, you know, I'll, I've got plenty to retire. I'm going to go to my beautiful farm over there. I was filled with this, just this feeling of, but what about all the guys, Jeff, who are still you 30 years ago, going off to their job they hate, or, you know, to their, they're going off to be a roofer, or, you know, some guys love being a roofer. I'm not saying anything is bad, but if they don't like it, you're just going to leave and, and not help them. And that's when I knew I had to write the book and I had no idea I knew I could write a book, but I knew it would sit somewhere, you know, nobody would ever have access to it or know it exists. And I had no idea how to do 
any of this online stuff. So I did what you do. I did imagination therapy around a solution to how then do I get people to come to my book. <clears throat> Almost immediately, uh, a lady invited me to come and do a, a keynote speech in front of a group, a, a leadership group. Uh, that led to me talking to another lady who it just fell into place. As soon as I could see it and feel it, it fell into place. And now here I am talking to you. I didn't even know this kind of thing really existed yeah. two years ago. I was in land development and construction and, you know, but having a good time doing it. But everything comes to you once you, well, there's that saying, you know, if you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. But the reality is it's more accurate if you feel you yeah. can or feel you can't. You, you can, you're it's, right. That's, that is much more accurate. And looking, so looking at, you know, your book and looking at things like the secret, you know, think Grow Rich. I know you've, you're, you're familiar with oh, yeah. all these things. So what oh, is yeah. the biggest, so to me, it kind of goes down to, there is, it's not really a secret, but there is a formula for success. You could call it a secret if you don't know what it is, but there is a method to success. Yes. And you look at other writings, it goes down. It's like sometimes like your book resonates with me. It's So to me, it's some of the same type of stuff, but it's how it, how it lands on someone, how, so people listening to this right now, you know, if you've, you know, read Think and Grow Rich or any of these other books and they didn't quite hit you in the right spot, read this book because this one might hit you in the exact spot where you're at that makes sense to you to turn the light on in your head on on how this stuff actually works and, and, and the true meaning of it. You're dead on. I mean, let's talk about the secret for a second. The secret had truth, but it was part of the truth. So people would get really pumped up and excited and think about the things they want. And that generated feelings that were wonderful. But then they fell off the track. There was missing track. They didn't know what to do with it. And so they didn't understand how what they were doing was going to change anything in the physical right. realm. Some people went on the wrong track completely and got into this, uh, what I call manifesting, where they just close their eyes and try to force the physical world to change with the power of their will. And, and then they waste a lot of time. Nothing changes. They get depressed. The secret has truth, but my book, Sultan Musa Mali's writings, it finishes the equation. It closes the <coughs> equation. It gives you the rest of the track. And once you know how and why what you're doing is going to work, how it's going to affect things and what to look for, then you do it long enough to get results. And again, the formula is, your subconscious mind is the mechanism that controls your life. It makes all these unbelievably important decisions about what you're going to have, what opportunities are going to come to you, how lovable you are, how much energy you're going to have. And it makes them all based on one criterion, what it believes is true for you, what role you're playing, if you will. Yeah. But whatever it believes based on the feelings you send to it, 
it'll make that true in your physical realm. So now people know, okay, when I think about a big dream, something that'd be wonderful, if that happened, I'd be so happy. And I can tell because as I pretend I have it, I feel what it will be like to have it. Your subconscious mind hears those feelings. You know it is. You know what you're doing. You're trying to bury it in positive feelings. Then it speaks back to you. So once it kicks in and it believes, like at first you've got to put conscious effort into clumsily, you know, creating what you think it might be like to be, uh, have a better career and have more money. But at some point, a collaborative effort will kick in and you'll experience like a movie breaking forth in front of your eyes that you're not creating. It's like you just, this movie runs off of your success and what's possible. Well, that's your subconscious mind. It loves the make-believe game. Oh, way. yes. It loves playing that. So it will now jump in and start. Once it believes that you're supposed to be successful at something, it's a done deal because it will start telling you, it'll start bossing you around. It will send you impulses and ideas and feelings. And if you don't act on one impulse, which, you know, you naturally act on your feelings. But if you miss one, it never gives up. Once it believes, it will send you another one and another one. It's like your GPS. Yep. If you don't go, it says turn left, but you go straight. It just recalibrates. Now turn hey, left. Dipshit, or you turn don't left do it, you turn it. That's how your subconscious mind is. So at first, you have to put in conscious effort to create feelings that are different than your reality. But if you do that long enough, your subconscious mind buys in. And now you're, it's doing subconsciously what you have to used to have to put effort into. And once that happens, it's a done deal. And the way you know it's happened, you'll just feel confidence about that aspect of your life. Before anything's changed, it's just like, no, I know something is happening. Something's going to change. Someone's going to come along. I'm going to read. So I'm going to watch the right video. I'm going to get there. I know it. The complete formula that it's not just dream up something and go work hard for it. It's get the magic of your subconscious mind involved and then look for the coincidences that start popping up. And then life is a blast. Yeah. One of the things that I do every year uh, for free is a big think and grow rich challenge. And it's just the, the whole purpose of it is just to get people introduced into a different way of thinking and, you know, different, you know, steps oh, and different tools, it. just different things just to start hopefully getting someone with a, a gold nugget of, of just, I want to go out and make a change. I want to go do things. But I'm telling oh. you the biggest thing I have when I go through these challenges is people don't have, they don't, and what you said, it's, it doesn't teach us in, in that book is it doesn't, it's, it doesn't teach us how it doesn't teach us the, for me, I'm a very, I don't know, logical or scientific type person. I don't, you can say you need to go do this, you need to go do this. But until I know why, why, why is it important for me to do it this way? Or why is it important for me to do this? I tend to either blow it off or I don't do it. But once we, once we know why and, when, and once we know how it, it, it actually works, I think that's, that's a huge, huge step in, in making that transformation. Yeah. That's where I spend most of my time. People read the book. They, they love it. They want to get going. They start. But then uh, Sultan Musa of Mali's writings were really heavy on concept. 
but pretty light on like technique. Right. And over 28 years, I've had to develop the techniques that work for me really fast. But then as I've helped others, I found out what works for me doesn't always work for others. I'm not very musical. Some people can really generate great feelings with music. So I've created all kinds of techniques and tricks and games and uh, tips. And that's what I spend most of my time doing now is, is just giving people the, the tools to win that battle between the physical world trying to make you feel bad, your problems, cares, worries, all of that, and your beautiful dream world that makes you feel fantastic. Yeah. And it's all about, you know, triggers. The, you know, someone dents your car, that's a trigger to feel bad. Yeah. But you don't have to. You can st- you can look at your, you know, whatever triggers you've generated, dream sheets, mini dream sheets, you know, just uh, I've got these spell breakers that are magic. <laughs> you do a spell breaker and you instantly feel great again. Yeah. Doesn't help you feel good. You do the spell breaker, you now feel the way you want to feel that matches the life you want. And I'm just so thrilled that I'm talking to you because look what you've done. You know, if I had not come across these writings, I'd probably still be a concrete guy and, you know, living in the small town. And I would look at someone like you as unfair. Why is Sean just living this dream? You know, he's just lucky things have happened to Sean. They never happened to me. No good ideas come to me. I don't have any opera. He probably had a rich dad who helped him. That's how I would have thought. Once you understand how this works, you not only see what you can do and you're in charge. I mean, your free will is king. But you start looking at others with this sense of real appreciation for the way they've taken charge of their psyche, because that's where it's all at, you know, and that's what you've done. And this just, this just helps people really codify it. A lot of people know instinctively I should, you know, be positive, for example. But once you understand what you're doing when you're feeling excited and expectant and, and pumped up, that you're flooding that mechanism with the commands to go find things in your life that match those feelings and bring them to you and make them happen. It becomes the most fun little treasure hunt, the the most fun way to live. I've never found anything more fun. I've had at least five guys who came to me and said, while talking to me, I'm going to commit suicide. One guy said, I've set a date and I'm doing it on that date. And I said, "Why why haven't you done it already? And he said, because I prayed. I don't know if there's a God. I kind of doubt it. If there is, he probably doesn't like me much because of everything that's happened. But I'm giving him six months to change my life. And he obviously, if he exists, he has the power to do it. But if he won't do it, then he can't blame me when I show up having committed suicide because I'll just put the blame right back on him. You could have changed my life. Well, unbeknownst to both of us in that moment, uh, he had changed his life because he took to this imagination therapy that uh, I talked about in the book, like a fish takes to water. Because for him, going into a pretend world for just an hour in the morning, if he had that much time, 
was such an escape hatch and he felt good for the first time ever. You know, it was almost like a drug. He just felt so good in this imaginary world. And then he could go deal with his problems. But he got to where that time was sacred. He would set aside an hour in the morning, get up early and just run to do his imagination therapy and just feel great. And at some point he was talking to me and he said, that's the best hour of my life. And I said, you know, you don't have to come out. You don't have to do it for an hour and then come out. Stay in that dream world, go about your day, go through the, you know, you can wash a big pile of dishes while you're pretending to be in Hawaii, looking out, you know, in your second home, looking out at the ocean and seeing the palm trees swaying. And all these kids running around screaming and fighting. You can imagine that they're on the beach and you're watching them and they're getting along and playing and having a great time. And The lights went on in that moment. And that's when his life just transformed. He had the worst financial situation I've ever heard of in my whole life, before or since. And he now is, uh, you know, independently wealthy, just doing great. Uh, trying to recruit him to come and live by me in Belize. He actually bought a piece of property over there. But you're in charge. And this is the part that changes everything. When you realize that your subconscious mind, your, the mechanism that controls your life, and I can prove it with demonstrations that don't require hypnosis, just demonstrations, it's in charge. It honors your will. It honors your will. Whatever you tell it in the language of the gods, it believes it, responds to it, obeys it, and is programmed by that language. Feelings. Yeah. So you'll run into people, you know, who say, Jeff, there's no way my subconscious mind doesn't know how I'm suffering, how <laughs> terrible my relationship is. We talk about it all the time. I go to counselors and they have me, you know, tell them, well, what makes me upset? Well, she did this. She treats me like this. Well, you're just reliving the same old feelings and your subconscious mind is keeping your life. You're just reinforcing it. Yep. Do this. And you, you literally, the thing I tell people in really bad marriages, you may have a hard time imagining, you know, Cindy being this perfect sweetheart, just doing everything right, telling you how great you are, how much she loves you. So don't try that necessarily. Create Cindy number two. Looks like Cindy, but is different. This is the perfect version of what Cindy could be. And this is what, this is the perfect version of her. Now go for a ride with Cindy in your car and have her tell you every good thing that she loves about you. The perfect version of Cindy, not the other one. And just hear her tell you how much she admires you, how much she appreciates everything you've done and how much she loves you and thinks you're great. And you may not have heard that in 10, 20 years, those words, but don't stop her. Don't make her shut up. Just let her go. Well, here's what happens. You come home after driving around doing your errands, half an hour of Cindy telling you how much she loves you, how great she is. You're feeling differently. However subtle, you walk in the door and now maybe the Cindy one says something kind of unkind. 
Well, typically, you would immediately respond back with something unkind. But you've been for half an hour in this great relationship with Cindy number two, being loving and sweet and enjoying how that is. And so maybe you just let that comment go. Or maybe you even say something like, Cindy, I know you love me and I love you too. And walk off. Well, that's like to her. It's like, what just happened? He's never responded like that before. I can count on him saying something mean. I, I actually did this to help my marriage. And in an argument where we used to have these round and around and around and around arguments where I couldn't get her to understand where I was coming from. And it seemed like she couldn't do that either. And I had the perfect version of my wife. I had created her and she was like, behind me. I could almost feel her and see her in my imagination, kind of hugging me from behind. And it's my wife, but the perfect version. And she literally whispered in my ear something that surprised me when we were going around and around. She said, just tell her you love her. She just wants to know you love her. And I was like, really? I mean, honestly, it was like, it seems kind of like the wrong time to say that I need her to do this. You know? And so I just said, well, you know, I love you. Right. And it stopped her cold. And she said, yeah, I really do know that. And I love you too. And that changed everything. But what changed is using my imagination to create something that changed my feelings the way yeah. I, because you act on your feelings yep. in your life by becoming a master of this process, how you're communicating to your subconscious mind. Because remember, your subconscious, our subconscious minds were connected. So when I felt differently, she consciously doesn't have any idea what's going on, but subconsciously she's feeling my different feelings, my love, my respect, my just desire to have things be good. And I was creating that with my superpower and it this is going a little over what i wanted to talk about but getting back to like a spirit body it's made of real spirit material but so is everything in the universe yeah. so with the power of your imagination and your strong human emotion when you use that to generate great scenarios that make you feel good or give you wisdom or whatever it is you're actually manipulating spirit material into real spirit formations. And if you do that with a certain amount of intensity, a certain amount of consistency, this will sound weird, but they become living dreams, living spirit creations. And I'll give you a quick example that will make it understandable because it does sound weird even saying it, you know, without going through a challenge or some of the other things that explain this, but you have the power to manipulate your world in a real way by manipulating the spirit realm. And one of the, you know, a good example is, you know, take someone who's creative, like an architect, I'm an architectural designer. So how do I create a home that, that ends up being built? Well, I dream it up out of thin air. Yeah, I do a bunch of research. I pull elements from other buildings. I, I, and I just dream up. The art should look like this. 
uh, window should be here. Staircase should have a wrought iron railing. I just dream it up and I can see it like it's right in front of me. Then I dot, when I have it right or have an element right, I sketch it out. I uh, do the floor plans on the computer, but I still do the old-fashioned hand sketching of the things I want this house to look like and the elements inside it. Well, okay, there it is on paper. It's a cute little drawing. How does that get built? This is how a client comes to me. Hey, I like what you did for Steve and Nancy, uh, but we don't want to do exactly that home. So I pull out my book of all my drawings and I, they start thumbing through them. And all of the sudden, you know, Nancy throws her hand down when, when uh, the guy's about ready to turn the page and she's like, that one, that one. And as they stare at it and imagine themselves living there, they're like, that's our home right there. Maybe, you know, add a room or take out this, but that's our home. The excitement that that generates just from my dreaming it up. The next thing you know, we've turned it into a set of blueprints just for them. It has all of their special things in it. Now they're so excited about that blueprint. They're at the bank. They're getting the loan. They're buying the land. And the next thing you know, you can turn that set of blueprints over to any skilled contractor. And the next thing you know, you have a family growing up in that home. Yeah. But it all began with just me dreaming it up. But the dreams generate the excitement. All of our, we're connected. It, it, it generates motivation to act, to try to look into it. And the next thing you know, you have a home or a paper plate or a cell phone. But it all begins with just someone dreaming it up, a daydream. Yeah. Wouldn't it be great? to have life be like this. Wouldn't it be great to have the perfect home? Now, do you think that possibly that client and your thoughts of dreaming it up were ever connected in the spiritual world prior to you drawing that out? Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> our, our subconscious minds are connected. So the fact that they came to me, uh, you know, could definitely be involved in that and i don't have all the answers i just have this formula and i know it works and so i'm learning as i go but that's an excellent question i think and i can't say i really know i think they intersected for a reason <laughs> there's a there's a reason for that we're all intertwined where can uh because I, I again, I think your book is is spectacular. I've been able to go through, you know, parts of the book and and absolutely love the things that are in there. Where's the best place for people listening right now to get a copy of the book? Well, I wrote this book to give it to everybody, and so I'll give it away for free. I want everyone to have it. If you go to sultans seven secrets dot com, so that's sultans with an s at the beginning and an s at the end. Then the number seven, secrets with an S at the beginning and an S at the end, sultans7secrets.com. You can download the digital version of the book, like right now. You could be speaking the language of the gods tonight. You could speak it all day tomorrow and start. You could embark on a new adventure that is the most fun you've ever had. So sultan7secrets.com, get a, a free digital download. And you can then also find out uh, 
you know, I do challenges, I do workshops, so people who get the concepts down, and you, you're not invited to one of those until you've read the book and have the basics. But people who have the basics and want to delve into it, now they want to learn more tricks and games and tips and things that really, you know, launch you. And that's a blast. When we get together as a group, man, the, the energy in that room or just over Zoom now, is incredible and the stories that come out of these workshops are unbelievable i absolutely love doing things like that and in addition the link is going to be within the show notes so if you're listening to this right now just go to the show notes and, and click the link and you'll go right to that uh, right to the book as, as well and i love that you're giving that book away so here's the thing you're now the silver silver-haired person giving this script to somebody <laughs> you're you're handing this Anybody, you can go get it if you want, right? You're now handing that script to someone else to uh, dive into, to change their life. So if you're hearing this right now, there's a reason that you're hearing this. Again, we're all tied in spirit. There's a reason There's a reason you're hearing this podcast right now. So go and, and, and before your conscious mind kicks in and says, ah, it's not going to work. I'm not going to go. I don't have time no. for that. Go and download the book because there's a reason, there's an absolute reason why you're why you're listening to this podcast right now. So, Jeff, thank you so much for for being on the podcast. This is I, we we've got to do this again because there's so much that we. What's so nice is we have the same philosophy, the same I don't know, spiritual view of things, but in different ways. And that that is just amazing. So it's just another, another another beautiful way to look at some of these some of these things. So again, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me, Sean. Really appreciate it. This was fun, and I would love to talk more about this. This goes on forever. <laughs> you know, we've scratched the the tip of the iceberg, the basics, yeah. but there is so much that is just so fun about this. <laughs> <laughs>